Welcome to Top 12 Movies, a show where we collect the top 12 movies of the year, one episode at a time. So I finally saw Split, but will it find its way into the top 12 movies of 2017? We'll see. Plus, we count down the best summer movies to revisit this season. If it's your first time joining us on the podcast, welcome in. My name's Jay. We're going to talk a little bit about Split and then jump into the top 12 summer movies of all time. So let's start with Split. Don't worry. He's not allowed to touch you. He knows what you're here for. He listens to me. Let's dive into Split. And I just want you to know I'm going to leave this spoiler free. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, don't worry. I'm just going to tell you how I felt generally about the picture and maybe a couple of things that won't ruin your movie going experience. So what did I like? I really like James McAvoy's performance. It's really difficult to not like it. Here's a guy who's got to convince you that he is 24 different personalities. That's a hard thing to do. Sometimes he's even trying to do it in front of your face, change from one personality to the next. And that's also really hard to do, like he says in this interview. Um, I was was scared at times because... Some of the characters didn't come as naturally. Some of them just came naturally and I kind of had them down on the first read or the second read. And then some of, one of them particularly didn't come up, didn't, Which one? F- didn't solidify, the nine-year-old boy. He didn't really come about and get good until I was on camera in the first day of shooting. Can I go, please make this good, please let this be that good. Was Hedwig, is that, is that was Hedwig, the nine-year-old boy. Yeah. I also really dug Anna Taylor-Joy, who you might recognize from last year's The Witch. She plays kind of our our female lead in it, Uh, and I really dug her. So, what is Split ultimately about? It's about an abduction of three high school ladies at the very beginning of the film from James McAvoy's character. They find themselves drugged, and then they wake up not knowing where they are, but they're all in the same room together. And James McAvoy starts coming in and explaining sort of the rules to them. What they can do, what they can, what he can do. And you start getting the idea that he's not all there. Obviously, he abducted them, so they're, you know, that's something right there. But he's also not all there because he talks to himself on the other side of the door. We then get to see a little bit of Anna Taylor Joy's backstory and flashbacks. This is very M. Night Shyamalan, who is the director, of course, of this film and other films like The Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, uh, Signs, The Village, and then other ones that are not awesome, like The Happening and The Lady in the Water was a kind of a miss. And there's that travesty after Earth. But I gotta say, I found this film gripping and I fell in love with Anna Taylor-Joy, I really rooted for her to beat where she was in, the situation she was in. I wanted her out, and she really made me believe that. Not to mention, James McAvoy's performance did not... It, I mean, it was amazing. Listen to this clip. My name's Hedwig. I have red socks. Heath. Heath. 
on the move. Someone's coming for you, and you're not going to like it. You guys make noises in your sleep. Tell us. I'm not supposed to say. <laughs> but he's done awful things to people, and he'll do awful things to you. It's easy to say that I was on board through most of the film. So what didn't I like about the movie? Well, I felt the third act was lacking. You know, you built this tension that there's this 24th entity living inside James McAvoy and we're going to see it and, and all this stuff. And I felt a little, huh, at the end of the film. Um, I'm not going to go into great detail with the finale, um, but yeah, I was I was a little, it was a little lackluster. You had me for these first two acts and I was right on board and then you kind of went in a far-fetched kind of way. Uh, that was also very interesting, but like if you're talking gymnastics terms, he did not nail the dismount completely. And then there's that finale, which I can't talk about. I'm on the fence. I liked it. I thought, wow, you, that's interesting. That's a Shyamalan twist I never would have seen coming before. Um, but on the flip side, I was like, I, wow, okay. Um, you know, I liked it. I, I like Split, so the direction of your twist kind of, meh. I also kind of felt like the flashbacks were more interesting in the third act than what was actually happening with Anna Taylor-Joy in the room and what was going on with James McAvoy's character. I kind of wanted to see that really drawn out, um, which made the ending a little melancholy for me. People who have seen the film will probably understand why. But uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil any of that for you. I promise. I am not going to do that. So, does Split earn a spot in the top twelve of 2017 so far? I am proud to say it does. It is number eight. Welcome to the party, pal. And I'm putting it in the eight spot, which means I am sorry I am not your Negro, but you are completely off the list now. Hasta la vista, baby. So if you kind of forgot where I placed everything last week, let's quickly recap this list and then get to our main feature of the week. We are now standing at number 12, Beauty and the Beast. Number 11, The Lego Batman Movie. Number 10, The Fate of the Furious. Number 9, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Number 8, Split. Number seven, John Wick, Chapter Two. Number six, Dying Laughing. Number five, The Girl with All the Gifts. Number four, Get Out. Number three, Kong Skull Island. Number two, Logan. And the number one spot is still Wonder Woman. So I don't know about you, but when I think of summer, I think of being at a school or laying in a field staring up at a blue and white sky. I think of jumping into my sneakers with already knotted laces, speeding down the middle of suburbia with a helmet and whizzing past pedestrians when you jump over a sidewalk with your bike. I think of absolute freedom to hide and seek in the woods, climb tall oak trees, camp counselors calling you back to the group and roasting marshmallows over orange flames. 
ghost stories around a campfire bright enough only to make out the faces of your fellow campers. I think back to a time before obligatory paychecks. A time when the hours of the day weren't scheduled in with meetings and dinner plans. I think of walking barefoot down a beachside boardwalk or running with friends as fast as we could to get in line at the neighborhood pool. A towel almost always flew from someone's neck. Summer was carefree, filled with air-conditioned reading days at the library, packed movie theaters at night, or swimming the distance of a lake. Them being too spent to come back, so somebody always had to putter over in a tin boat to collect you. I think of hazy summer sun, sweaty hands gripping baseballs, and smacking fists into a mitt's leather. I think of wandering into pizza joints with friends, or yeah, even roaming the aisles of your local video store. These are my summer memories. And these are the top 12 summer movies. Number 12. To prepare this list, I actually did a couple weeks of just going through old summer flicks. Um, and there were some great ones in there. But I ultimately whittled it down to what makes me feel summer when I watch it? What makes me feel those memories? So, number 12 is Dirty Dancing. Sorry about the disruption, folks. But I always do the last dance of the season. But this year, somebody told me not to. So I'm gonna do my kind of dancing with a great partner. This might seem strange, but the first time I watched Dirty Dancing, I didn't really like it. I kind of thought, huh, this is really for girls. And I wasn't really looking forward to revisiting it for this cast. But when I did, I actually really enjoyed watching the character of Baby grow. You know, Johnny doesn't really grow over the course of the entire movie. He comes to accept himself and understand that he needs to think higher of himself. But Baby goes through this transformation where by the end, she isn't called Baby on stage. She's called Frances. And I think that is really cool for girls uh, to watch and, and see how an empowered girl who is kept down can be elevated, if not just by something simple as dancing. Nobody puts baby in a corner. I really enjoyed watching it this time. It felt like a summer movie. It felt like we were up the lake. Uh, we were going to dances. We were meeting boys. We were meeting girls. And I thought that was kind of awesome. And I I was really inclined actually to kind of kick this off the list. But the more I thought about it, the more I really enjoyed it. The soundtrack is excellent. And there's really nothing wrong with Dirty Dancing being our number 12 pick for a summer movie. Nobody has ever done anything like that for me before. Number 11. This is the only sequel on this list, I will say. And I almost replaced it with Itu Mama Tambien. But when I revisited that film, I there were parts of it that were very summer feeling and parts of it that weren't. So this was a hard decision, but I'm going with American Pie 2. Now, if you've forgotten, American Pie 2 pits our four hero guys uh, in a summer dilemma. Things are getting weird. They're back from college. They don't know kind of how to deal with each other, which is totally how people deal with each other after the first year of college. And I thought that was really neat to go back and see this. 
Now, yes, of course, it's a raunchy comedy, but you also get this beautiful lakeside rental. They're all together doing foolish things. It's a party flick, ultimately, all kicking off with a huge hoot of of an ending with the guys saying, yeah, things are going to be weird. Things are going to change, but we're going to be friends always. That's the bottom line. And I just thought that was cool. You know, I guess I was living in the past, you know, wanting to party with you guys and be with Vicky. It's just like high school. You remember that day after prom? You know, we we made a toast to the next step. I guess I never took it. Hey, look, Kev, different does not necessarily mean worse. As a matter of fact, I think things are just getting better. So American Pie 2 may not get a lot of your votes, but if I tell you to go back and watch it and you do, you might find out that, yeah, this is a real summer movie. We get to be by a lakeside. We got tons of beach stuff going on. Uh, The guys are having a good time being together. Ultimately, summer does have that friendly feeling. And I'll always remember that first summer away from college. It felt weird, all of us being back together. We almost didn't want to come home. And I love that they choose to go to the lake for their first summer i i think it deserves this number 11 spot itu mama tambien i am so sorry because i think you are a better film all around but for summer feel i i gotta give it to american pie too number 10 number 10 has been called the girls version of stand by me and i mean they're not all that far off now and then starring four women and for children, <laughs> because it does go back from now to then, uh, is a really cool summer movie. There's some kooky things going on in here. There's a mystery that, eh, you can take or leave it. What you really want is that soundtrack. What you really are after is these four girls learning who they are over the course of one summer, riding bikes around, picking on the neighborhood kids, the neighborhood kids picking on them. And basically being in this suburban world in the 60s and what that means. For a kid like me who grew up in the mid 80s and early 90s, it is hard not to see comparisons to my life in suburbia and these four girls' life in suburbia. When you pop it in or you rent it digitally or however you watch it, you're going to see a whole flood of names come at you. We got Rosie O'Donnell. We got Melanie Griffin. We got Demi Moore. We've got Rita Wilson. Those are just the adults. Chrissy, truth or dare? Oh, truth. Are you happy? Yes. I'm so happy I feel like I could just bust and shoot <laughs> happiness out all over everywhere. <laughs> Roberta, truth or dare? Truth. Just how big are your boobs now? Well, just how big are your boobs? 36D. Been worth every penny. <laughs> then you go back to childhood, you got Thora Birch. You got Christina Ricci and you've got Gabby Hoffman. And then you have one other girl that hasn't really done anything else. And I'm sorry, I don't remember your name. I did not write it down. But basically, it's about being friends. And I think it does an amazing job of conveying the time. But I think it does a better job of conveying summer and why we love it. 
So that is why Now and Then is on number 10 on this list. The one it was up against was The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, but I think you can watch that anytime, anywhere. I also think Now and Then is a better film overall. So thank you for the person who wrote me and said The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants should be on a list. Um, Maybe it will be at some point, but it's not going to be on this one. So Now and Then scores a number 10 spot. Truth or dare? Truth. If you were stranded on a deserted island with me, Chrissy, and Roberta, and there was nothing to eat whatsoever, who would you kill for food? Then Chrissy, I guess. Why? Because she'd feed more people. (laughs) Number nine. Number nine is what I like to call and refer to as a cottage film. It's something that no matter where I am, no matter how down I am. If I'm at the cottage, if it's raining out, I can pop this movie in and have a blast. And this film stars Dan Aykroyd and John Candy. It's called The Great Outdoors. It's not a an amazing epic piece of filmmaking. It's by Howard Deutsch who did Some Kind of Wonderful and Pretty in Pink. And yeah, I mean, it's like fluff. It is fluff, but a lot of summer movies are. So when I tried to go back and, and watch some of these like Summer Rental and um, Mr. Hobbs Takes a Vacation, these movies about people going to the beach or going to a house, uh, a cottage, maybe it's the Canadian nature in me, but going into the woods, into a cabin in the woods is definitely for me very summer feeling. And they do just the same sort of thing as these other films I've mentioned do, um, but I think it does it better. Overall, it's a story of John Candy playing Chet Ripley and Dan Aykroyd as his insane, over-the-top, rich, snobby brother-in-law, Roman Craig. And the way these two play off each other is something totally out of an 80s movie. It's probably something out of everything we've ever seen from a, a John Hughes written script, but I still love it. It's great. I love the bear. I love that the raccoons have subtitles when they're talking and going through the the trash. I love how crooked Roman is, but how tender he is at the same time. I love that they don't understand each other's kids and how they're raising them. I, I love this film for the simple reason that it is so damn Canadian. So I'm biased and it's on my list. I'm so sorry, Roman. Forgive me. Why don't you come over here and show me how to do it? You talk a great game. Come on over. Let's see a little action. After all, you know everything. You know exactly what to do at any given moment. Katie, you were absolutely right. We should have gone to Europe. Or maybe even Haiti. Or Antarctica. Or the Dead Sea. Would have had a lot more fun. You get the wonderful John Candy involved. It's something you have to put on a list like this. And that's why it stands at number nine. Number eight. If you can picture Steve Carell as the biggest jackass stepfather kind of guy, you're probably having a hard time, just as I am, picturing that. Because Steve Carell always comes off as a good guy, even when he's adult. But in The Way Way Back, he plays a complete and utter ass. The story is about a recently divorced woman meeting Steve Carell and Steve Carell taking her whole family up to his lakeside summer house. Their son is dumb with this, does not like it, does not like him, does not like being away, not having any friends. And what ends up happening is he's 
exploring one day and finds a water park. And he starts to work at the water park. Very, very secretly starts to work every day at a water park. Does your mom know you work here? No. Please report to the Administrative Office International. Duncan, please report to the Administrative Office International. I have to announce this over the PA. As my voice won't carry that far, my throat suffered major damages during an intense makeout session with Lewis's mom. She has a forked tongue and a touch of the herpes. I don't have a mom. I have two dads in your face. His mom and Steve Carell don't even notice. They don't notice. And I just think this is a fantastic film. The Way Way Back stars Sam Rockwell. Obviously, Steve Carell stars... Tony Collette, but the up-and-comer you gotta watch in this film is Liam James's Duncan. Duncan is this boy who doesn't want to be there and just kind of explores and observes, mostly observes, and he sees things that are wrong with everything. And it's a, it's a comedy, but it's also a drama. It is a dramedy for sure. But if you haven't seen The Way Way Back, I urge you to go check it out. It won't be like a lot of the summer movies on this list. And I think that's a good thing because we got to kind of mix it up a little bit. And The Way Way Back is definitely the movie to get you set in a summer place. But it also is a quality flick overall. And I think you can watch it anytime. It just so happens to be number eight on this list. Number, number seven. Oh man, number seven is such a classic. We're going back to Clark Griswold to Wally World, folks, and that is National Lampoon's Vacation. National Lampoon's Vacation is one of these movies. It's, again, a vignette kind of film. It's that level of comedy where there's just slapstick, balls-to-the-wall craziness happening scene to scene to scene to scene. What makes this film work is Clark Griswold. You've watched him in Christmas Vacation maybe every single year. How many times have you gone back to the original Vacation? I'm not talking about European Vacation because that movie is a piece of garbage. Vacation, though, is super charming. This is where people fell in love with these characters. And I have to say, there's something about being on the road with your family in an old station wagon going place to place and checking out weird landmarks that everybody gets that in the summer. Your family always wants to do that one week where you all take off together and go make some memories. And gosh darn it, Clark Griswold's going to get his family to Wally World whether he loves it or not. Well, I'll tell you something. This is no longer a vacation. It's a quest. It's a quest for fun. I love Vacation. Some of the scenes in Vacation still resonate with me. Um, the one in particular where he's talking to the police officer after he's accidentally chained a dog to his bumper, forgot he had that dog chained to the bumper, and then went for a joy, like not a joyride, just hit the road again until a... <laughs> Until a cruiser pulls him over. I just think it's hilarious how angry the officer is and how oblivious Clark is to why. I don't think I was speeding. Was I weaving or something? Shut your mouth, sir. You know, if I wasn't in uniform, I'd split your skull with the butt of this revolver faster than you could say police brutality. Well, officer, whatever it is I've done, I'm sure I can explain. Explain this, you son of a bitch. 
Oh my god. Oh my gosh, I love this film. I love little lines like when they get to Grand the Grand Canyon, they look for two seconds, it's like, oh wow, yeah, just soak it in. Okay, on we go. Um, and then of course that finale at Wally World. I will not I will not spoil it for you. There is somebody awesome who is the security guard there. I may watch it again, even though I've watched it in the last two weeks. I may just go and watch it again. Number six. Taking a more dramatic turn is our number six seat. This is Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. Wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Up you wake, up you wake, up you wake, up you wake. One of the things of my summer memories that I always, always go back to is summer heat, being out in the middle of nowhere and kind of wandering with friends to pizzerias or just hanging out in the road. Really, that's kind of what we did. We we picked a stoop and we kind of hung out on the sidewalk. That's what we did. And do the right thing is it all takes place in one day. There's a pizzeria. It's one of the hottest days of the summer and everyone's just kind of drifting. We get to meet and live in this community with these people for one day until this massive race explosion happens, which is shocking but it's compelled by the heat. It's compelled by the summer season. And there is not too many movies where you, you're going to want to turn on the air conditioner when you're watching this film. It's different. Magic, any Prince. I mean, they're not black. I mean, let me explain myself. They're, they're not really black. I'm, I mean, they're black, but they're not really black. They're, they're more than black. It's, it's, it's different. It's different. Yeah, to me, it's, it's different. You know, deep down the side, I think you wish you were black. And while this isn't a traditional summer movie, I'm putting it on the list as one of the best movies on this list, period. And if you still have not seen Do the Right Thing, I think it is more important today to go and watch this film. The music alone is worth it. But all of the characters are great as well, and you will find yourself in this neighborhood so seriously if you haven't seen it yet go watch do the right thing number five. Oh, this was a hard one this was a hard one for me not to put on the list but to put it number five on the list this film i i did talk about it briefly actually in my other podcast and it is Adventureland. Uh, no, I've never actually uh, driven an asphalt mixer per se but um i did once drive my friend's van to wisconsin on a pretty lengthy road trip yeah so Okay, is there any way I could take less? They hung up. What, what am I supposed to do? I'm not even qualified for manual labor. The only place I know I can get a job is with a, a Frigo. What, an adventure land? Oh, this one was a tough one. Honestly, it wasn't tough to put on this list. I knew it would find its place here. But it was where to place it. That was the hardest part for me. We have all had terrible summer jobs. God-awful summer jobs. We've... I worked at a golf course once and it was like the worst time of my life. No offense to anybody who works in a golf course. I've worked in parking lots. Also awful. I've worked at summer camps and then I worked at Laser Quest every summer for six years. Honest to God, your summers at work are some of the most defining moments of your life. I remember as a camp counselor, my first kiss came from one of the other counselors. So Adventureland really feels poignant. 
It's set in the 80s, and it stars Jesse Eisenberg, Kristen Stewart, Ryan Reynolds, and Martin Starr. The film all takes place in like a carny kind of carnival in this little Pittsburgh town. I fell in love with Adventureland when I first saw it. There are moments you'll totally identify with. I'm amazed at how tiny my paycheck is. I've been working doubles. Well, we are doing the work of pathetic, lazy morons. Then moments that will make you pee your pants laughing. There's great times where you watch fireworks go up and you go, yeah, that's right. That was summer. And then falling in love for the first time. You cannot tell me you don't remember the first summer that you fell in love. And this movie seems to have all these points. So that is why if you still haven't seen Adventureland, I don't know why you haven't. Give it another chance if you were looking for something more comedic. If you were looking for something more slapsticky or crazy. That's not this film. This film has a lot of heart. It's a dramatic comedy. I'm not even going to call it a dramedy. It's a dramatic comedy. Some of the best performances from Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart are in this film. Go back and watch this film. Number five, Adventureland. Okay, rules. No freebies. No free turns for your friends. No free upgrades. No free food. So just nothing is free here. Uh, Everybody has to pay for everything. And more importantly, uh, working in games, no one ever wins a giant ass panda. Yeah, we don't have that many left. Number four. Oh, you knew it was coming. If you listened to my last podcast, you knew what my number one favorite movie of all time was, and that is Jaws. And Jaws hits us at number four on the all-time best summer movies list. And the reason it's not higher for me is I think it does a great job of conveying summer. There's great beach scenes, uh, ocean. It's a town that thrives only in the summer. In the winter, it basically shuts down. But so much of this film happens on the ocean that you, it could be any time of year. And who has summer memories of going out and fighting a shark on the ocean? Probably people who saw this movie in theaters in 1975, which was surely not me. You all know me. Know how I earn a living. I'll catch this bird for you, but it ain't gonna be easy. It's bad fish. Not like going down the pond chasing bluegills or tommy cards. This shark, swallow you whole. I think where this conveys summer movies is in the beach scenes, in the shots with uh, Brody acting as lifeguard. We've got a great opener on the beach. Do you remember having a campfire on a beach? Well, that's how this film opens. And it makes you really feel nostalgic for those days of, oh yeah, let's hang out together till the wee hours by a campfire on the beach with the tide rolling in. Like, it really, really gets those memories flowing. So, I would say the first half of this film does that, and the second half is purely an adventure film, which is definitely worth checking out, but uh, that's why it ends up at number four on the list of the best summer movies. So that's where Jaws lands. For that, you get the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. Number three. Number three might surprise some people. This is the first time we ever saw Bill Murray as a leading man. It's the first time Harold Ramis really got a big shot with Ivan Reitman. 
and the film is Meatballs. Now don't get me wrong, Meatballs has a whole bunch of sequels to it, and none of them, none of them recapture what the first one has. Again, this is another film that is kind of shot in vignettes. Every comedy sketch point is five minutes, and then they move on to the next comedy sketch point with a really nice story of a counselor and a kid getting to know each other over the summer. It is not creepy. I don't care what anybody says. There is creepy moments that do not stand up to the test of time. There is a part, well, Bill Murray is kind of a jackass to a lady counselor, his equal on the lady's side, taking care of the girls at the camp, where he kind of wrestles her a little bit and it looks super bad. Like it, it looks terrible. So I'm not quite sure why I like it as much as I do still to this day, but I watch it every single summer. Meatballs is a movie about summer camp and it starts at the beginning of the summer when they pick up all the kids in a bunch of yellow buses. They drive them out to the camp and everything that happens until the end of that summer when really it comes full circle. They put all the kids back on yellow buses and bring them back. Well, we have some special programs. Uh, we're doing Shakespeare in the Round again this year, of course. Uh, our political roundtable, Henry Kissinger, will appear. Yasser Arafat is going to come out, spend a weekend with the kids, just rap with them. That's amazing. And the kids wanted animals, so this year each camper will stalk and kill his own bear in our private wildlife preserve. Are you sure the children can uh, can hack that? We'll see. I, I think some people might prefer wet hot american summer and it was really hard not to include it ahead or before meatballs and i think if i was doing a summer camp list wet hot american summer would totally it might not beat meatballs but it would just dominate that list um but i think meatballs really conveys more of the summer tone than a wet hot american summer does in regards to just being earnest about yeah this is camp sometimes kids are sad at camp and sometimes kids need a place to grow and there are those tender moments in this along with the comedy that makes meatballs one of my favorite summer movies of all time hands down even if every man woman and child held hands together and prayed for us to win it just wouldn't matter because all the really good-looking girls would still go out with the guys from Mohawk because they got all the money. <laughs> Number two. Number two, I don't think comes as much of a surprise to anybody, but it is The Sandlot. Hurry up, batter. It's going to be a short game and i got to get home for lunch. The Sandlot is a film about a bunch of kids who play baseball all summer long, including the kid who is new to the neighborhood and doesn't have a lot of friends. And Benny the Jet Rodriguez kind of runs into his life and helps him through that. He puts him on the team. He helps him learn how to catch, throw, hit a ball. Man, this is baseball. You got to stop thinking. You just have fun. You ever have a paper out? I helped a guy once. Okay. Well, tuck it like you would throw a paper. When your arm gets here, just let go. Let go, it's that easy. How do I catch it? Just stand there and stick your glove out in the air. I'll take care of it. And ultimately get them all into what they say is the worst pickle of their life. Or the biggest pickle. They get into a pickle. You mean to tell me that you went home and swiped a ball that was signed by Babe 
actually played with it? And actually played with it? Yeah! Yeah, but I was gonna bring it back! But it was signed by Babe Ruth! Yeah, yeah, you keep telling me that. Who is she? What? What? The Sultan of Swat! The King of Crash! The Colossus of Clout! The Colossus of Clout! Babe Ruth! The Grey Bambino! Oh my god, you mean that's the same guy? Yes! If you haven't seen The Sandlot, I don't know how much more I can say about it. It really is a timeless film about friends in a neighborhood over the course of a summer. And some days it's really hot, so they go to the pool. Most of the time they play baseball. They go to an amusement park. They do everything together. And that's really what you did all summer long. Like, you got together with your friends. I... I can still remember the summer that we played baseball almost every single day behind in the park behind my house almost every single day i'm not saying we were good i'm saying we played the game and i think the floodgate of memories for young and old is so immense with the sandlot that you've got to agree with me it belongs on the top 12 summer movies of all time number one so here it is, the number one spot. It took me a long time to get here. Took a lot of time trying to figure out which pick would end up in this prestigious spot. The best summer movie of all time. Watch countless flicks, but I still have to say Rob Reiner's Stand By Me is the best Hands down, summer movie. Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Stand By Me is based on Stephen King's The Body, a quick novella. And it's about four kids who decide to go find a body. It's almost a day walk. It's almost a two-day walk. And we get to experience that little adventure with them. They're 12 years old and they're camping out. And they're talking about things. Well, they're not really talking about anything. All right, all right. Mickey's a mouse. Donald's a duck. Pluto's a dog. What's Goofy? If I can only have one food for the rest of my life, that's easy. Pass. Cherry flavor pass. No question about it. Goofy's a dog. He's definitely a dog. He can't be a dog. He wears a hat and drives a car. God, that's weird. What the hell is Goofy? And maybe it's because I'm a guy, but those were the conversations that really mattered when I was 12 years old. And ultimately not going to find a body, like we never did something crazy like that, but ultimately going out and exploring and pushing boundaries is about is, is exactly what summer is all about. It's about being a kid. It's about growing up. It's about facing fears. And it's about being friends. And I think Stand By Me has this in spades. The soundtrack's outstanding if you haven't heard it. I mean, you've heard it if you've seen the film. If you haven't seen the film yet, I mean, it's Stand By Me. I, I have great memories of this film. So go see this film. <laughs> I don't think any part of this film is lull at all. So I definitely think it's worth your time. And I think every single film that I've mentioned here today is worth your time for a second look or I really hope you go and check out for the first time. Time for favors and forgets. 
my recommendations for the week. I'm going to give you one ridiculous one and one worth checking out. So let's start with the ridiculous. I rewatched Swamp Thing because at one point I thought that movie was awesome. Wes Craven's Swamp Thing is not awesome, guys. The effects are bad. The acting is terrible. It doesn't even like hold a Toxic Avenger level of ridiculous that at least it's fun to watch. I was really bored watching Swamp Thing again. And I don't know why I loved it when I was a kid. But I would say... If somebody says to you, nobody's going to say this to you. This is so stupid. But if somebody says to you, hey, man, I got Swamp Thing. You want to watch it? You, you can do something else better with that hour and a half. I don't even think it's an hour and a half. It's like an hour and 20 minutes. And you can find something better to do. Make a podcast. Send it to me. I'd love to hear it. But Swamp Thing, no. But one that I think is definitely worth your time checking out. I'm going to keep it in the summer flick genre. And it was hard to keep off the list. That is The Kings of Summer. It came out a couple of years ago. Not enough people saw this film. And The Kings of Summer is terrific. It's about a group of kids who decide to go in the woods and build a house over the course of the summer. And what ends up happening is people think they're missing. It's hilarious. Nick Offerman is fantastic. There are so many funny, really silly scenes in this film. Um, but then there's a lot of poignant, great scenes and like, that first love thing is there. So I can't recommend The Kings of Summer enough. If you haven't checked it out yet, that is one to go and see. Or maybe around this time, seeing it is the summer season. The days are getting hotter. And I don't like it. <laughs> but as long as we can go inside and watch a great summer movie, I will be encouraged to go back out into that sweltering, sweltering sun. Top 12 Movies is produced by me, Jay Kennedy. All of the music you've heard today is from bensound.com. The amazing production pieces for our countdown were made by the fantastic Chris Shapgut. You can also send me an email at top12j at gmail.com. That's top12numbersjay at gmail.com if you want to share some ideas or thoughts on some of the movies I've missed this year that aren't on our list. Why aren't they there? Alien Covenant, I'm still thinking of you. Don't worry, I'm going to go see you soon. <laughs> Those are invaluable to me and help the show grow. So please feel free to send out. So until our next episode, thank you for spending some time today. And from me to you, keep the popcorn warm.